My name is Jim Derrick, and welcome to another edition of Chapters. On today's program, we sit down for a conversation with Sue Rosen. Susan is a mother, a friend, a wife, an activist, an educator, a blogger, and also a woman living with an incurable disease, metastatic breast cancer. Susan will share with us her story and the importance of refusing to allow cancer to define who she is. All that and much more coming up next on Chapters. Welcome to another episode of Chapters. Today in studio, we have a very special guest, Susan Rosen. Welcome, Susan. Thank you. I'm so glad to meet you. We just met today. I've seen you on Franklin Almanac. I've read about you. I've read your blog. It's been so much fun to get to know you a little bit, and I'm, I'm really thrilled that you're here. Me too. Thank you. Susan, um, tell us a little bit about yourself and, and, and where you grew up and how you came to Franklin. Okay. Uh, well, I grew up in the Sturbridge area, mm-hmm. and I uh, went to college at UMass Amherst, and I met my husband there, mm-hmm. and we uh, started dating and mm-hmm. got married mm-hmm. and... We were living in Melrose. Uh, we both were working in Boston. And uh, then we moved to West Peabody. Okay. And we knew we weren't going to stay at West Peabody. But yeah, yeah. Uh, Is this before the children? This is before children. Okay. Yep. And while I was in um, West Peabody, I did have my children. Mm-hmm. And we wanted some better schools and a nice community. And uh, we wanted to build a new home. And uh, we looked up and down 495 because my husband works in Marlboro. Okay. And uh, we decided on Franklin, and Mm -hmm. it's the best move we ever did. That's great. How long ago did you move here? We've been here 14 years. 14 years. Okay. All right. And um, so you have two children. Yes, I have two children. Two children and a dog? And a dog, my yeah. Wally dog. All right. yes. beautiful, beautiful. Yes. Um, so you are are cruising along as a mom. You, you the kids went through the Franklin school system. Yes, and um, uh, everything's going pretty well. You're a suburban mom, enjoying life. Yeah, and uh, you get hit with um, hit with something along 2010. Yeah. So I um, when my um, youngest son uh, Max started kindergarten, um, I have a degree in early childhood education. So I started. Uh, substitute teaching. Yep. And that's great. Uh, all the elementary schools, lots of fun. And then um, 2010, during the summer, mm-hmm. I, I noticed a big lump. When mm. I say big, I mean big. Yeah. Lump under my armpit. Yeah. And uh, had no idea what it was. Mm-hmm. So I have a nurse practitioner who I absolutely love. And I went to see her. And yep. she didn't think too much about it, but she did send me to the breast surgeon. Mm-hmm. And from there, I had the biopsy, ultrasound. And uh, a couple days later, I got a call, and the breast surgeon's on the line. And she said, I have the pathologist on the other line. And um, I just want to let you know that she has noticed some malignancy, mm-hmm. and you have cancer. Mm-hmm. And I look kind of went, went into a little bit of shock and said, breast cancer? And right. she said, yes, you need to come in. We need to do a mammogram and some more ultrasounds. And uh, so we did that, and um, turned out the big lump was a swollen lymph node. Right. Um, so after that, um, 
I had to have surgery right. to remove the lump, right. and I had an axillary uh, dissection on my right side, and um, that's the removal of lymph nodes. Okay. And I had 42, which is a huge amount of lymph that's nodes. That's a big load, That's right? a big, yeah. yeah. When people have 10, they think that's a lot. Yep. Um, uh, so 42 cancerous lymph nodes removed. Right. So, Sue, um, yeah. if I could just stop you there for a second. Sure. Um, when you get, between the time you get that news and the time that they decide to have surgery, about how much time goes by? Um, they like to do the surgery right away. Okay. They want to get the so cancer out of you. fairly quick. It's fairly quick. I can only imagine, literally, I can only imagine the range of emotions going through your mind and and, and your family's mind at right. that time. And we've just, we just met 15, 20 minutes ago, and I, I have to tell our listeners, if you want to have a ray of sunshine and positivity walk through your door, please invite Su- Susan Rosen over. <laughs> um, there is nothing glum about Susan, to say the least. Um, in fact, you shared with me you were actually comforting people after I, your, your I, original diagnosis. Absolutely. Yeah. I had people coming crying to me, and I had to comfort them, hold them, you know, hold their hand, give them yeah. hugs, and tell them everything's going to be all right, because I truly believed everything was going to be all right. Sure. Sure. So you get that original diagnosis and you have to rally the family. I'm Mm -hmm. sure there's a lot of shock. Oh, yes. And you go into research mode, or, or did you not have time for that? Well, yes. Um, I'm a re- I am love Google. Um, okay. So, yes, I did a lot of research. Mm-hmm. And at the time, too, I was also tested for the BRCA genes. Oh, right. And right. Um, I did test positive for the BRCA2 gene mutation, um, which shocked my whole family because there is no breast cancer in my family. I was just going to ask you that. that yeah. That's a, a kind of a and, preconceived notion I came to the table with. Right, right. And... Part of the reason why they did um, do the test is because of my age. I was young. I was 45. Mm -hmm. And I'm an Ashkenazi Jew. Mm -hmm. And we're known for carrying the BRCA genes. Yes. And so that was the reason for that. And the, the funny thing is that the gene I tested for, the gene mutation, isn't even the Jewish gene, so to speak. Really? It's a gene anyone could have. Okay. So that was interesting. Interesting, yeah. Yeah. So you're in research mode. You go in for surgery. Yeah, so I had the surgery, and then after that, um, the, the the plan of treatment was chemotherapy mm-hmm. and radiation, mm-hmm. and then because my uh, breast cancer is hormone receptive, I was going to go on um, tamoxifen, which okay. Okay. is a well-known drug to supposedly prevent a recurrence. And this is, you started right out at the Dana-Farber? I, I was in Milford. Okay, I started Milford. off at okay. Dana-Farber Dana, Dana in Milford. Okay. Uh, now, to start chemo t- wasn't right away after the surgery. You mm-hmm. need some downtime to recover from the surgery. Sure. So it was a little a little bit of a while before yeah. I started the chemo. Yeah. And um, I had the chemo, and, and that was just terrible. So at this point, I can, oh, boy, I can only imagine. Yeah. Um, so, so at this point, you're at stage three. Oh, yes. I'm sorry. Yes. Cancer. So, yes, I was diagnosed at stage three C invasive ductal carcinoma. Okay. And that... Um, is already advanced. Right. Even though it was caught early, they they went back and looked at my mammogram from a year ago because I always went yearly, and there was no sign of anything. Really? And my tumor, oh my goodness, my tumor was very, 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 very tiny. But my oncologist explained to me if you looked at it under a microscope, aggressive. 
So really? that's already, I, I was stage three. You know, and thank you for saying that mm-hmm. because I think there's a lot of preconceived notions about cancer and mm-hmm. breast cancer in particular. And that's part of what we're doing today. Uh, Susan is on a mission to uh, not only bring sunshine into people's lives, which as you can hear, she does quite easily, um, but also um, to educate people and to and to remove some of the stigmas or preconceived notions uh, that we have societally. One of the things that I had always thought was that if you went in for regular breast uh, breast exams, breast mammograms, and that type mm-hmm. of thing. If you had the gene, maybe you went in every six months. That it was entirely preventable. This sounds to me like it was so aggressive. You had just been in the year prior, mm-hmm. and now we've got this tiny tumor yes. that has that has just gone wreaked havoc, wreaked havoc yeah. in your system. Absolutely. So these aren't preventable cancers. Um, it, no. it, that would be a cure, wouldn't it? Yeah. If we could just, if we could, yes. And and most women find. The cancer themselves or their husbands find really? it. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Okay. That's that's really interesting. So mm-hmm. that's 2010. You just said you started the chemo and it was horrific. Yeah. It's it's uh, pretty bad chemo. Um, the uh, dreaded adriamycin is the uh, is a, a red uh, chemo treatment, mm-hmm. and that is just awful. Um, I I ended up having a blood transfusion um, because it brought my Blood, uh, red blood counts down so low okay. being on it. And also, I slept 17 hours a day. I was so tired. Wow. I couldn't do anything. I, I just felt like a terrible mother and a wife. Um, here I have these young kids. Yeah, and they were and, high school age at that point, uh, right? uh, Not even. Not My even. son wasn't, okay. no. Um, and they would come home from school. Mommy, did you eat? How are you feeling? What can we do for you? Right. And, and such sweet kids. I, I, I'm blessed to have such a loving family yeah. and friends. They started doing meals for me. There was a meal every night for us. I had friends. My kids weren't at, uh, weren't the age to drive, so my friends brought them to their activities after mm-hmm. school. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm, so, I'm so grateful for them because I, I did need a lot of help. And yeah. believe me, it's hard to ask for help, especially when you're the person who likes to help others. I was just thinking that. You just oh. took the words out of my mouth. I can see it in it's, your eyes. Yeah, it's yeah. it was so hard. My it's, guess is you've delivered quite a few meals in your day. Uh, yes, I. Yeah. You know, I want to be the helper. I yeah, don't want the. One, right. I don't want to be the one on the other end receiving the help. Sure. And so it was so hard to ask. But, but, I think what I've taught people is just do it. Don't even ask me because you know I'm going to say no. <laughs> you yeah. know, um, people would be going to the grocery store. Yep. What do you need? Not, I'm going, do you need anything? What do you need? Or something like that. Right, yeah. right. It's to make that assumption and just and just take take the guesswork out of it for you so you don't have the opportunity to say, I'm all good. Uh, exactly. Right. Exactly. Right. right. So um, uh, after 2010, um, things, things you have a three really, really good years. Yeah. You know, I had a, I had radiation after the chemo mm-hmm. and, um, and then I had another surgery to prevent ovarian cancer because of the gene mutation mm-hmm. and uh life was great yeah life was great we traveled a lot we went to hawaii you were in bermuda i uh, yeah that was a recent one oh, that, that was recent yeah okay. it was recent that was okay. this summer yeah. yeah um you know we traveled we we did a, we just did a lot of things making memories because who knows you know sure. and then um michaela graduated um high school and so she got to decide where we were going for summer vacation in mm-hmm. 2013 yep. oh, good and for she her. decided disney world because we're big disney fans oh good yeah so we go to disney world uh but before that, let me explain one thing. I was taking a shower one day, and I noticed a lump on the top of my head. On the top of your head. Top of my head. And I thought, hmm, was that there? You know, sometimes you find something, and it's yeah. like, was it always there? Yeah. So I kind of ignored it. You know, sure. I was feeling fine, you sure. know. So 
let's get back to Disney. So all week long, I would wake up with a stomach ache. Okay. And I I developed a a very bad taste in my mouth. Interesting. And I thought, hmm, something something's not right. Mm-hmm. And also, my shins started bothering me. Mm-hmm. And so I just chalked it up. Uh, you know, maybe I have a little virus or something like that. And um, vacation was great. We had a great time. Made some nice memories. Mm-hmm. And um, I I started thinking, you know, I, I need to get checked. I need to get checked. I, I don't feel right. I just started not feeling myself. Right. But I'm a mom and my kids come first. And so I needed to get Michaela ready to go to Washington, D.C. for college. And Max was starting high school. So once they were settled, I went and got my hair done when I had hair. Mm-hmm. And I asked my hairstylist about the bump or lump on my head. Sure. And she said, no, Susan, that, that wasn't always there. Okay. If I were you, I'd, I'd certainly get it checked out. Yep. So I thought, okay. So I made a, an appointment with my nurse practitioner, who I love, and... Um, I went in and she did an x-ray on the lump. She gave me some Prilosec for my stomach and she did some blood work. Sure. I didn't know what she was doing for blood work, but she did. And later that day, I got a call from her and I thought that was strange too, because usually she'd have a nurse call me. Mm -hmm. So Mm -hmm. I started feeling in my stomach, oh, something's not right. And she said to me, "Um, Susan, I want you to make an appointment with your oncologist. Um, I'm not happy with some of your blood results. Right. And she said, it could just be a virus. Mm-hmm. And I said, oh, okay. Um, can, it, can it wait for two weeks? I have an appointment in two weeks. And she said, I'd rather not. And I just got that knot in my stomach. Sinking feeling. I knew. I, I had a feeling the cancer was bad. Yeah. So I had a PET scan done. Yeah. And it did show that my cancer metastasized to my um, bones and my liver. Right. And so I'm still at Dana-Farber and Milford at this point, but... Since the cancer has metastasized and I carry this gene mutation, my oncologist in Milford um, wanted me to go into Boston. Sure, sure. So now, this is a game changer for you. you you've now gone from the stage three mm-hmm. cancer that you had to metastatic cancer. A deadly cancer. A deadly cancer. It's the only can- breast cancer you die from. Right. And we're, we're going to talk a little bit more about that. Before we do, I just want to mm-hmm. remind our listeners, we're speaking with Susan Rosen. Susan is living with metastatic breast cancer. Um, she is has graciously given us some time in the studio here so that we could get to chat with her about this. Um, we're very interested in, in raising awareness about that. Um, so, Susan, you've now got this diagnosis of metastatic cancer, and you've got a whole new uh, thought process in terms mm-hmm. of treatment and in terms of outcome. Right. Would that be fair to say? Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Yeah. You know, I questioned, you know, there was just so much going on in my life at the time with the kids, and I questioned, why did this happen? Yeah. Uh, not not why me, but why did this happen? Because I did everything I was supposed to pre- to prevent a recurrence. And then the doctor looked at me and he said, it just sometimes happens. Right, right. Yeah. Right. And and I really wanted to save some time, and, and I appreciate you uh, sharing with me before the show some of your philosophies. Um, Susan has a, a wonderful blog uh, out that if you haven't taken a look at it, I really encourage people to look at it. One of the, the post entries is why let us be mermaids. And I absolutely love this. And the very first line here, I was looking at it last night is mermaids have no fear of depths. Mermaids have a great fear of shallow living. Susan wrote that, uh, with her daughter, 
Um, and I just find that <clears throat> sitting with Susan right here in the studio and having spoken with her uh, beforehand, she certainly does not live a shallow life. Mm-hmm. We got into a conversation. I felt like I'd known her for a year or two after about 15 minutes. So, Susan, I, I kind of wanted to get into that. Um, you've now got this metastatic cancer, which is a terminal illness, and you know that. Um, and we, you share with me a little bit about your reaction before, and it wasn't why me. There's a big distinction, right, Right. between why me and and why did this happen? You were following the doctor's orders, and you were were just questioning how come those doctor's orders didn't bear fruit. Exactly. Right, right. Mm -hmm. Um, But there's a big difference between that and the victim mentality, which is why me? Why me at all? Mm Mm-hmm. Right. Right. Can you talk to us a little bit about that? Yeah. Well, in the beginning, too, it was, you know, I never questioned why me, because why anyone? Right. I'm no better than anyone else. Cancer and most illnesses do not discriminate. Right. Any This can happen to anyone. Right. And so, you know, I just decided that when I my cancer metastasized that, you know, I'm not defined by my metastatic breast cancer because I'm I'm so much more. The cancer doesn't define who I am. Right, right. And and you shared with me another story that I'd really like you to reshare and that was uh, um, about being forgotten. Yeah, you know, it's everybody's going to die. Right. Everybody, it's, it's just it's what happens. Um, but there are people who don't want to be forgotten, but their cancer has nothing to do with that. It's it's how you lived your life. It's how you lived your life. It's yeah, yeah. yeah. And and I just find that extremely powerful um, because what you're saying is you're in charge. Exactly. You're in charge of your of your destiny. You're in charge of whether what your legacy is. And Absolutely. How, just as we all are. Exactly. So once again, you're not defined by metastatic breast cancer. You're Susan Rosen. Right. Mom, wife, daughter. Neighbor, yes, friend. Absolutely. Oh, and by the way, yeah. you have metastatic yes, uh, breast cancer. So, yeah, I mean that's how you seem to live to me. Yeah, that's that's how I live. So, um, so thank you for sharing that. Can you help us understand more about metastatic breast cancer and and dispel some of the myths that may be out there? Because I know when we spoke originally, you said there's a lot of feel good stories. People mm-hmm. do like to hear that cancer yes. survivor, cancer survivor. This is not a survivable cancer. No, it's it's um, it's terminal. Um, um, some people will consider it chronic. I, I do not believe it's chronic at this point. But metastatic breast cancer is um, breast cancer that has spread outside of the breast. Right. When your cancer is contained to the breast, you don't die. Mm-hmm. You die when it spreads to your brain, your lungs, your liver, and your bones. Mm-hmm. Unfortunately, at this point, <laughs> I hit the jackpot. It's kind of everywhere in my body. Um, But yes, women will die from this. It's not a a cherry pink disease. Um, I don't like the pink ribbon. Mm -hmm. I don't care for the walks. Um, They always want a happy story. I I was interviewed for a newspaper who changed what I said so she could have a happy story, and that was very disappointing. The truth is, women 
die from this disease. It's not a cherry happy, I'm going to wear a boa and my tutu and I'm going to walk and everything's going to be hunky-dory. It's nothing like that. What I want our listeners to appreciate is what, because you can't see Susan like I can. She is not an angry person. I, I want you to appreciate that, number one. She's a very joyful person. Um, and I'm just going to kind of reflect back to you what I got out of what you Mm -hmm. just said. Um, We have a a tendency to want to package everything up and tie it up with a nice little bow and say, oh, this is a wonderful feel-good story of another person surviving and climbing that mountain through all of their fear and coming out on the other side. And um, uh, the fact of the matter is that um, whatever God you believe in, whatever mm-hmm. higher, wh- whoever is your higher power, um, we are all given a range of experience on this planet. It goes all the way from the deepest and darkest sorrow all the way through your, the most ecstatic joy you can possibly imagine. Right. So in my world, and this is my interpretation, I can't, if, if, if I truly was made, in my case, by a God, mm-hmm. um, then I can't deny God uh, the right to, for me to experience all of those things in life, the, the worst of the worst and the best of the best. But we have a, an instinct in this world to want to only focus on the best. Right. And right. I'm looking at somebody in front of me who is faced with some of the worst mm-hmm. and is still a very joyful person. Yes. So I just yes. I, I just want to make that point because there, I don't there's not anger in your voice. No, I, I and, and I didn't mean to come across as you anger, didn't. You didn't. as angry, but um, I just want to educate people yeah. that it is a very very serious illness, and this whole pink thing bothers me. How they try to make all these stories a happy one. Sure, sure, sure. So um, I just want to remind our listeners, we're speaking with Susan Rosen. Susan is living with metastatic breast cancer, and she is sharing her story with us and her journey with us. Susan, um, some other things that immediately come to mind when people are faced with terminal illness is, and you were sharing sharing with me before the show, that you've already made plans. Mm Mm-hmm. Uh, final arrangements. Uh, your family is is not in the dark on any of your updates. Right, right. Um, from the very beginning, I was very honest with my kids. Mm-hmm. You know, my husband and I would go to appointments and we would come back and share the details with the kids. Sure. And uh, part of the reason I did that, I did not want to hear uh, have them hear things from other people because I find that scary and I think honesty really is the best policy because they weren't scared I I I told them everything Mm. and um, we'll get through this and we use humor a lot in my family to get through some of the the bad times Um, I just um, I just don't like sugarcoating anything about this illness right yeah right and so your children have been very involved with uh, with your with your medical process, yes, you haven't shielded them away or isolated no, them. Or no, anything like no, that. they've. It's a big lesson in that. Yeah, and they've come with me to treatments yeah. and and to see what it's like. Yeah. And, you know, they know. Um, you know, there's a little joke there. Um, there's not a lot of Jewish cemeteries around here, but okay. I did I did look at one and and um, I didn't like it because there were no gravestones. Really, <laughs> I wanted a gravestone, so um, I visited another. Uh, cemetery and, and we like that and okay. that's where my husband and I and I decided we're going to be very okay you know I've talked to my rabbi yep. about this kind of business and uh, you know he joked around we're gonna need a big place for you and you know it, it'd be very yeah. sweet yeah. and um, so the kids are in, are involved in all this mm-hmm. you know and 
and I'm living right now, and, and I get to plan my funeral and my obituary, and I think it's kind of great. Right, right. And um, you the, haven't you haven't ceded your control to metastatic breast no, cancer. You no. haven't given up control. No, it's, I I'm still in control. You are way in control. Yeah, it, yeah. It may think it's in control, but uh, uh-uh. yeah, I hate it and it knows it. Yeah, yeah. Um, but uh, but it gets back to a yeah. theme that that I that I hear a lot from resilient people, and I'm sitting in front of without a doubt one of the most resilient people that I met. Um, and that's that, and that's that definition thing, you know, right. it's the definition. Am I going to define myself by what happens to me or who I am? Yeah. You know? Yeah. And who you are clearly hasn't changed. No, no. The same, uh, same, you know, uh, person. And, and what a gift for your children and your family and your friends. Yeah. Uh, to, to, <laughs> to, to, and as you said, to, to be able to, to be able to, um, define yourself and make your own mark. Right. Um, and not let something else. So, you know, uh, define you is, is gotta be pretty empowering in a way. Yes, it is. Is it? It is. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. Yeah. So what are you, what are your plans right now with your family and what, how do you, um, so, uh, when I'm feeling good, yeah. we, we do enjoy traveling. Yeah. Um, but even the simple things is walking my dog Wally and cooking Everybody knows I start feeling better when I start cooking and baking mm-hmm. and walking the dog because um, at one point I could barely walk up the street. Sure. Um, so I take advantage of when I feel well. And so um, one of the things coming up fairly soon is a trip to Italy. Oh, my gosh. With we, my, just me and my husband. Where are you headed? Which um, side? We're going to Venice. Florence and Rome. Fantastic. And um, for the last three summers, I've been trying to get over to Europe, but my health has always taken a decline. Sure. And so I showed it this time while I'm going, ha, ha, ha. So um, then... it, for New Year's Eve, we're taking a family cruise with my siblings and their family. Fantastic. So that'll be something nice to look forward to. That's and um, that's something my husband always does for me. He's he's awesome. Like I said, my family is, they're such wonderful caregivers. But he always, my husband Mark, always plans something in the future, but not too far in the future, the near future for, for me to look forward to. Sure. So when I am having a rough time with treatment or I'm not feeling well, it's something to look forward to. Tell me about Mark. How is he? He's good. Um, You know, when I was first diagnosed with the metastatic breast cancer, he was very quiet for a few days. Mm -hmm. And I, again, the humor, Mark, were you Googling stuff? Yes. I said, you're the one who told me not to Google stuff. And we're, and I'm treated at Dana-Farber, Mark. You keep telling me I'm at the best place. What's going on? And he just said, you know, I just feel so sorry for you. Yeah. And I, you know, I said to him, you know, I'm at peace. I really am, Mark. I'm at peace. And that's all he needed to hear. Really? And then he was my Mark. Yeah. Isn't yeah. that great? What a, Again, another gift. Um, I've forgotten, was it Yogi Berra or somebody said 90% of life is 10% of the way you show up or something ridiculous yes, like yeah. that. But but really, it's it's a matter of showing up and how you're going to show up. Yes. Um, you could have shown up very depressed. You could have yeah. taken the whole family down with you. Somebody yeah. in your in your position. And you know what? No one would blame you. People would actually enable that. They right. would say, hey, she's got a right. Yeah. She's got a right to be on her pity pot. Right. She's got a right to be over there and so sad. She's got a right to demand the kids don't go off to college right away to let, you know, because she needs help and support. Right. No. But you did the opposite. No, I I have a great life 
And I didn't want to change anything. Yeah. And I wanted the kids to have a, you know, yeah. there's this stability. Tell me about your children. What's your daughter's name? So my daughter is Michaela. Yeah. And she recently graduated from the George Washington um, University. You must be so proud of her. So proud. Um, magna, wait, what's the highest? Magna oh, Summa Cum Laude. Oh, challenging me because I never, yeah, I never I think even it was flirted mag- with it. No, Summa Cum Laude. <laughs> summa yeah, cum laude, okay. I have to brag. She's a smarty. Um, and she, she has plans, hopefully, to go to law school okay. and become a health lawyer. Okay. And my Max is um, started his freshman year at the University of Massachusetts Amherst. Um, his Which dad, is your alma mater. That's my husband. And your husband's yes, alma and that's mater. where my husband and I met. So okay. I always tease Max. Oh, maybe you're going to meet your yeah. wife here. <laughs> and what was his major? So he is also a smart cookie. <laughs> um, I know I sound like I'm bragging, but I'm you so proud of my not. children. He um, is into um, computer science. Great. He's already got apps out. Um, when he was 15, I think he was 15, he developed his first app. My wife's a consultant. He may want to oh, cool. see if maybe there's some networking opportunities. Yeah, we'll there. talk. We'll, yeah, talk, we'll talk, talk after, yeah. definitely. But yeah. uh, it was really funny because when we moved him in this year, um, the chancellor came up and everyone was like, ooh, the chancellor, the chancellor. Yeah. And he came over to me to talk to me. Yeah. And so I told him I was an alumni and and uh, he asked me about my son, what he, what he was studying here. And sure. I said, computer science. And he said, oh, he must be a smart one because we don't accept many of those. And I, I just had this sense of pride. I was just so not? happy. How could you not? And, you know, I have to give my kids credit for all they had to see and go through. They kept up with everything. And I really, I am so proud of them. And, and that's why I'm bragging about them. Because to go through what they had to is terrible. To, to see me so sick and... And just so weak, and, and and they kept up with everything. You know what, Susan? That is such an important point. Um, you know, the kids have a choice, too. And they yeah. and they have their own free will. I used to think I was control of the kids. And, yeah. and you know what? We're not. Um, they You're all right. have their own You're free right. will. Mm-hmm. I will say that training from someone like you has probably <laughs> done them pretty well. <laughs> I hope um, so. Having met you. But, but having said that, the kids' response to this has been something that you are extremely p- proud of. I can see it yes. through, your, through your eyes. You shared with me, well, first of all, your daughter and you collaborated on The Mermaid. And my son, piece. too. And, and your you know, son, too. It was actually my kid's idea to do the blog. Is is that right? Yes, because everybody wanted me to write a book. Uh-huh. I don't have time to write a book. And I just not. felt like, oh, God, that would just take too much time. Yeah. So the kids said, what about a blog? And yeah. bingo. Yeah. The lights went you know, out, and that was what we were going to do. And actually, the picture on um, my blog page is a, pi- a photo that my son took while we were in Hawaii. Really? So we incorporated a lot of I thought um, that was Bermuda. Things. That's fantastic. Yeah, that's Hawaii. Yeah. Okay. The, the blog name is Let Us Be Mermaids. Again, it's Susan Rosen, that's R-O-S-E-N. I would ask you to subscribe to the blog um, and and keep up with Susan. You certainly are on Facebook. So yes, if someone, on Facebook someone wanted to follow you on Facebook as yeah. well. Um, your your kids and you obviously share something very, very special. Mm-hmm. Um, you, you are absolutely leaving behind uh, a legacy of um, joy and, and appreciating every day and transparency and honesty, which is sometimes, you know, it's really sometimes really lacking that that whole mm-hmm. tying things up neat into a bow. And, mm-hmm. I, you know, I've often said to my to my kids about resiliency is that, you know, you ought to work on that early on developing right. what your definition, find out what resiliency is. Let's have these conversations because mm-hmm. bad things are going to happen to you right. in life. That is a guarantee. It's how you react to them 
that is going to define the experience. Right. Right? Exactly. And your kids just have this this living testimony in front of them as as to how to react. Yeah. You know? Thank you. Thank what a gift. You. Yeah, well, I tried to teach them and 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 this is this is my mantra. I just, you know, I let go of what was, I accept what is, and I have faith in what will be. Sure. And I have tried to teach the kids if there's something you have no control over or you can't change, don't let it worry you. You're right. wasting precious time worrying about something that's not going to change. Right. Right. And so many of us live with one foot in the future and one foot in the past. And right. the problem is the present is gone. Yeah. And that's all we really have, isn't it? Right. Isn't right. it? Um, Susan, we, we've covered a lot of area. Is there is there anything that, that, that you want folks to know in particular about uh, either you or metastatic uh, breast cancer or, or anything that we haven't covered? Yeah. I mean, just keep on living. Yeah. Keep on living, moving forward. Do do what you want to do. When you feel good, just keep up with your normal things. But, you know, and speaking of normal, it's a new normal. You know, I, I can't work out like I used to anymore. Sure. You know, so things change like that. But do what you want to do. Travel, you know, garden, paint, Um just keep on living. I love what you said there. And and really, you're not just talking to cancer patients. You're no. talking to all of us. This is everyone. This is everybody. This is everyone. Because guess what? I could take a right-hand turn out of here and get hit by Nobody a bus Nobody knows. My breast surgeon told me that at one point. She said, you know, so you can leave my office and get killed by yeah. a car. Yeah. We don't know. Yeah. We just don't know. And, you know, the average um, life expectancy is about three years. Mm-hmm. Um, I just passed my fourth year with, mm-hmm. with the metastatic breast cancer. And, you know, I've met people who have gone 17 years, you know, but that's not for everyone. Sure. So just keep on doing what you're doing. You because, only have today. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. exactly. And don't, and don't put it off. Um, right. So one of the things that I wanted to do, I asked uh, Susan just before we came on the air if there was a favorite song of hers. And recently uh, she has been sharing a song with her daughter, Michaela. And uh, this is a beautiful song. It's by Alicia Cara. Here is Scars to Your Beautiful for Michaela and Susan. She just wants to be beautiful. She goes unnoticed. She knows no limits. She cries. Attention she praises The image she prays to be Sculpted by the sculptor Oh, she don't see The light that's shining Deeper than the eyes can find it Maybe we have made her blind So she tries to cover up her pain And cut her woes away Cause cover girls don't cry After their faces made when there's a hope that's waiting for you in the dark You should know you're beautiful just the way you are And you don't have to change a thing, the world could change its heart No scars to your beautiful Other girls ain't nothing She says Beauty is pain And there's beauty in everything What's a little bit of hunger I could go a little while longer She fades away She don't see She's perfect She don't understand She's worth it That beauty goes deeper than the surface Oh 
Okay, we're back. Um, so, Susan, what a powerful message and story you've shared with me today. I feel, I, I just feel so grateful to have met you and oh. so thankful that you were willing to come in and share your light and your positivity. Oh, thank you uh, for this opportunity. I, I wish we were on television. If, <laughs> if people could see your smile, uh, it lights up a room. And um, I want to wish you all the best with your with your treatment. Um, I, I've learned something today. I've learned a lot today. Oh, good, uh, good. And I know our listeners have. I want to remind everybody that Susan maintains a Facebook page called Let Us Be Mermaids. And if you go onto Facebook, I want to encourage you to subscribe to that and follow Susan on that. And of course, she also has her blog, which you can find a link for uh, right off that Facebook page. And that blog is a window into Susan's world uh, and also importantly uh, provides a lot of education on the disease of metastatic breast cancer. And so that'll do it for our show today. So for Susan Rosen, my name's Jim Derrick, and I want to thank you again for listening to Chapters. Chapters.